Planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe. I can say what I want to say and play what I want to play. Broadcasting from the wicked awesome DRSATL studio right here in Roswell, GA. The owner and proprietor, Wahid Gomes, executive producer of the show, friend, and uh, just can't thank Wahid enough for uh, hosting the show out of the goodness of his heart. God bless him. And running all the technology. And I don't know how he does all that. And I'm super stoked to have on the show, using a Source Connect connection, whatever the heck that means. I don't know. These tech guys work all that out for me. Thank the Lord. That would be Wahid. Uh, Jim Stapley. And Jim has the kind of voice that comes along once in a generation. A powerful brew of blues and soul laced with sublime falsetto. Described as gritty, pretty, profound. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I wish I'd used that. But that's Classic Rock Magazine. His songs of love, hope, and political disenfranchisement are stories for every man. Jim, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, I love it. I'm totally fired up. It's too cool. And you are now based in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm just up the road. I love just it. Just in Nashville. Been here. We've been, we moved in about uh, two weeks ago, so I'm, yeah. you know, still living in boxes, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we've all, we've all been there and done that. And you came oh, down yeah. from uh, Minnesota, right? Came down from Minnesota, yeah. I was up there for four years, yeah. and before that, I was in New Orleans. So I I've been, it. you know, I get around. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk about your uh, growing up in England. But for your yeah. fans that are legion and grown, uh, you know, exponentially, the mm -hmm. way we roll ride the vibe is we like to suggest folks sit back in the comfortable environment of their choosing, getting almost close to uh, even being out on rafts on the, on the water here pretty soon in the South. But uh, get a comfortable environment and get a beverage of your choice and then sit back because we're going to play six or five of Jim's songs, not in their entirety, y'all, because we want you to go out and buy the album from Jim's website and uh, and... In the studio, I am featuring a sparkling beverage, uh, thanks to our friends and sponsors, Drinkmate, a cool little startup company out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they carbonate anything drink maker. That's their little tagline. So you can take any uh, beverage and put it in this uh, fancy little device they've got that mounts on your counter and sparkle the thing up. And then I've spiced it up just so I've kicked it up just a little a bit with some Angostura aromatic bitters nice. and we're going to come back in the show and talk about why that is a common denominator for Jim which uh, <laughs> in the run-up to the show was yeah, pretty yeah, cool yeah. to find out we have this in common and so you got to stick with us to find out exactly why that is so without further ado we've got a first on Ride the Vibe I didn't even realize the significance of this until uh, Jim shared a little bit with me uh, but he is going to play and I'll let him uh, kind of cue it up or tee it up, but he's going to play an original song on the air. And this is the first time we've ever done this via Source Connect. So Jim, talk a little bit about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. I'm, not, I'm yeah. confused. <laughs> so, well, um, this uh, is a, a brand new song. Um, we're, we're halfway through making a record or an EP. We're not yeah. quite sure what it's going to be yet. Yeah. And that's partially down to, you know, who we can get interested. Right. Um, and so this is a, one of the songs uh, my buddy and uh, my buddy Chris First is, he owns a studio up in uh, Ham Lake, Minnesota. Uh -huh. And um, we met because I went and did a free backing vocal session for a friend of mine. Yeah. And we got on because we instantly geeked out about guitars <laughs> and we ended up writing together. And then we ended up saying, well man, let's just make a record. Yeah. And so we are. And this song is, uh, 
I don't know whether it'll be a single or not, but um, it's one that we're really excited about and it's called Don't Kick Me Out Tonight. I love it. All right. Goes something like this. I've been down in my defense I've been building up a tolerance Cause I don't wanna feel Everybody wants to lend a hand But you're the only one that seems to understand How just one more drink can heal A hangover hurts But missing her is worse Never thought she would count on me. Bartend another, please. I know it's been all night. Here's my keys. I can see you closing up, but please don't kick me out tonight. But don't kick me out tonight. And an aching head If I'm lucky I'll just Wake up in my bed With no memory of her Oh I've been dancing All alone to her favorite song And calling her up late And crying on the phone Maybe it's what I deserve A hangover hurts But missing her I love it. Talk about <laughs> uh, songs much. of love and stories for the everyman. I think we can all relate right? to that song, Jim. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, so I've been playing that song live and, um, you know, I used to kind of explain it. I, I talk too much. Generally, I should just <laughs> shut up and play. And I started to, especially live, yeah. and I would always kind of say, you know, this song is a breakup song. Yeah. Imagine like a guy drunk in a bar. And I realized actually, really, it's just a love song to bartenders everywhere <laughs> for putting up with guys like the guy in the song. <laughs> I love it. Well, and speaking of live, mm-hmm. where, uh, where can uh, folk, what's your web address? Where do, where do they want to go? So it's jimstapley.com. Yep. And it's that's real S-T-A-P-L-E-Y dot com. Correct. Cool. Yeah. And then... And I'm coming you, down to... I'm coming down that way I know, and I want to play some shows. I, I want to get that out right at the top of the show for all the folks down yeah. here in the South. Where can they see you? All right. And, so, and when? So uh, I'm coming down. I'm playing a bunch. I'm playing yeah. April 23rd at yeah. Rock Solid Brewing Company in Ballground, GA. Yeah, real cool. Uh, and then I'm coming to Mad Life Stage and Studios twice. Ah, nice. I'm yeah. coming solo, playing yeah. on their patio on okay. the 24th of April. Okay. And then I'm back with a project of mine that we should probably talk about a bit at some point. Oh, yeah. um, called the Great British Rock Band. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a celebration of Great British Rock and Roll from the 60s through the 80s. I love it. Um, and I'm coming uh, to play. We're, we're bringing the band down on yeah. May 8th from yeah. 7 p.m. After that, I'm going to be at Rootstock um, in Woodstock. Yeah. And that's on September 17th. I'm playing at Hiawassee Brewing Company. Oh, my God. Um, on September 8th. 18th yeah. and then uh Pamela Farm in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, yeah. And that's going to be October 23rd. I love it. And they you know? can and so, all I'm, those will be listed out on the triple W's jimstapley.com. Correct. I love correct. it. Correct. And uh the the brilliant, the one and the only 
I like to say, you know, you got that Kevin Bacon guy and I don't know, seven degrees yeah. or six degrees of separation. But there's the amazing Lucy Pillar, the proprietor yeah. and uh, owner of All Right Now Entertainment, that really it's like one to two degrees of separation from knowing every <laughs> musician on the planet. So talk a little bit about, got to give a shout out to the Lucy and, uh, you know, Absolutely. how you met her and... She's been instrumental, I think, in setting up a lot of those gigs, hasn't she, Jim? Yeah, she really has. You know, um, Lucy and I, when I was living in down in New Orleans, um, I kind of found out about Lucy through a couple of people that I know. Yeah. I know she um, knows Dave Colwell, who used to be the uh, guitar player for Bad Company. Bad Company. And I yep. know you actually had him on the show yeah, too, right? Bucket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bucket. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about some of the work you did with him on that album, but we'll we'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah, um, I think I think it was through Lucy, and I think some people we had in common. Yeah, um, I saw that she was kind of putting on a songwriter night in, I think it was in Canton. Okay, and um, I just messaged her one day and was like, I hadn't looked at a map or anything. I yeah. didn't know where Canton, Georgia was. I was like, <laughs> Oh, that sounds fun. Hey, can I come play? And she was like, Really? I'm like, Yeah. Okay, cool. I looked at the map and it was like a seven and a half, eight hour drive. And I thought, well, screw it. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. And so we we met her. I, I, we, is that the royal we? I yeah, know. I think so. Um, yeah, I met her that night and she really took care of me at the gig and we had a great time. And I actually had a couple of friends. Yeah. Uh, Jesse James from Jackal came okay. out to see me. He's an old friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Dare, another radio uh, host from Kansas City, uh, happened to be in the area and came out. And I just had a, such an awesome night. And yeah. Lucy was so gracious. And we stayed in touch after that show. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like moving to Nashville and looking for shows. And, you know, she was... Uh, she was kind enough to help me. Uh, yeah, get it. Help up. me book some. You know what? Um, what year was that when you? Oh man, it's got to have been 2015. Yeah, so six years ago. ago now. Well, you yeah. know, there's some. I, I mean, there's some takeaways for aspiring musicians, right? Uh, Never musicians. say no to a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And and then be dedicated to to do what it takes. And then you know uh, the networking part, right? I think is a critical component. Yeah. And then uh, you know, absolutely being a, a good person, right? I mean, you can be a great musician, but if you're a, you know, a hole, um, a little tougher yeah. to get people to to help you out, kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's it. And you know, I think Lucy has got such a well documented love of music, oh right? I mean, she was. Yeah, I've seen. I didn't realize, you know, I was such a big free fan when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah. And I read all the kind of everything I could get. And I yeah. didn't realize that Lucy had taken half the pictures. I had, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, there she yeah. is again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it struck me if you've seen the movie Almost Famous, right? About the, uh, oh, yeah. the, the report, you know, that goes with that band. Well, it's, that's Lucy, right? As the photographer for free, basically totally. knocking on one door and then another door. And then she walk, walks in on them and there they are. And. Yeah, just a, a crazy story. Well, talk yeah, a little bit amazing. about, uh, because you both have the connection of England. Talk about growing up uh, in England and what part and, you know, your formative years there and that kind of thing. Yeah, so I was born in Manchester in the Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, w I grew up there. I have, I have three brothers. Yeah. Um, and we uh, we were there until I was 11. Mm. And then my dad's, my dad worked for a big bank at the time. He yeah. was, but like, he wasn't like a banker. He was like, you know, an IT guy. Yeah. Um, and they kind of got to the point where they said, all right, you got to move. And mm. so we did. We all moved down to Kent, just southeast of London. Yeah. And that was really interesting. I got into music because of that move. If oh, I hadn't wow. have made that move, I don't know that I would have done what I'm doing. I'd been playing music on the side. Why is that, Jim? What was the what was the trigger there? So I was singing, you know, doing the kind of the school thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, every time there was a show on, I would sing something. And it got recommended to me that I should go take vocal lessons because I sing with a lot of power. And if yeah. you don't do it in the right way, you can kind of damage yourself. Sure, sure. So I went to a guy called Nicky Moore. Mm. And Nicky Moore was the lead singer in Samson. Mm -hmm. And uh, he taught me on and off for about a year and called me one day. He said, hey, I, there's a band in London they are your kind of thing. They're into the same music in you, as you are. And um, I was like 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. And he, they're working with the songwriter 
from the songwriter who worked with Cream, mm-hmm. Pete Brown. Mm-hmm. And um, they, cream is in he's, cream is in like cream. Clapton's cream and as in sunshine of your, your love, love and yeah, white whoa. room. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. They were working with this guy and mm. and uh, they were looking for a singer. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, I'm getting on the train then. <laughs> and so I went up I went up to North London and uh, my dad came with me because I was only 16. Right, right. You know, and um, I got hired by the band and that mm. was my first pro band. And I mm. kind of left, I left school a year later, mm-hmm. learned to write songs with Pete Brown. Yeah. Um, and the rest, as they say, is history. And I'm still poor. <laughs> <laughs> Another life lesson. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't get into music if you want to make any <laughs> no, money, no. kids. Be a, be a footballer. Are you a, yeah. man, are you a Man U fan? <laughs> I'm a Man City fan. Oh, Man City. I'm a Man City okay, fan well, through and through. Yeah, yeah have well, been for... Good days recently for the Man City, that's for sure. Well, you know, it's it's funny what a bit of money can do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about money. Exactly yeah. the segue back. So were your parents, were your brothers musical? What was the... You know, did you... you you know, I talked to musicians and some of them are right mm. out of the womb. You know, they know that that's it. Or yeah. was it that way for you? Um, yeah. My mom tells a story of me freaking her out when I was about three months old. And three she months? Was watching, three months, yeah. <laughs> and apparently I was um, kind of moving to the beat of some theme tune on TV. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. But I'll, it makes I'll, for a I'll, good I'm, story, mom. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. Never let, never let the truth get in the way of a good yarn. Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, all my brothers are mu- musical. My mum and dad, my mum played piano. My dad okay. m- played around with guitar and harmonica, yeah. but they were just really hugely supportive. You know, I played music from the age of four. They put me in lessons wow. out of school, um, classical stuff. Um, just are you youngest they, or oldest? Or I'm or the eldest. Oldest. I mean, I behaved like the youngest, but I'm the eldest. <laughs> Now, have you gigged with your brothers? Have you guys ever had that opportunity? Yeah, we used to do a ton of them. We used okay. to play play a few pubs in the local area and yeah. we had to stop playing one pub because, you know, in in England, there's, uh, in the pubs, there's um, cellars, you know, beer cellars. Okay. And we were playing, and a lot of these pubs are very old, you know, they're from the, you know, 15, 1600s. Sure. And we had so many people in the pub jumping that they started to break one of the supports oh, in the floor. Oh, no way. <laughs> Yeah. And so we had to uh we had to stop playing there. Uh, but yeah, we, we played a we played a bunch of shows there for a minute, maybe between the ages of seventeen and nineteen or now something. Now your brother's played. vocalist or what how how did it break out instrumentally and, and vocally? We all sing. Okay. So we can harmonize early. Oh well, my god. Which was really cool. And, yeah. You know, there's four of us, so yeah. we would be uh we would be stacking the harmonies and we all play guitar. Yeah. Um, but I could play a bit of piano. So I'd jump over there and then the youngest, uh, he plays guitar too, but he also um, was a dab hand at the yeah. congas and djembe. So he used to kind of, you know, provide a lot of the rhythmic uh, support that we needed. You know, when you can imagine four brothers trying to keep in time. I'm in, I'm in the right time. No, yeah, I am. No, follow me. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> it was a hot mess. So um, other than free, who... You know, yeah. harmony bands. Were you were you following like Holly Crosby, Stills? I mean, who was who was hot for? You? Um, the soundtrack to my life in some ways is Bruce Springsteen because ah, my dad was such a huge fan. Yeah. Um. You know, I remember my dad kind of being away for two or three weeks here and there. Yeah. And maybe it was only once a year or whatever. But you know, you'd ask, I'd say, "Mom, where's Dad?" And she'd be like, "Oh, he's on the road following road following Bruce." You know, he used to just go to every show. Oh, he did. And he and he discovered him when he was fifteen over here. He worked at one of the big summer camps when he was fifteen years old. Yeah. And discovered Bruce Springsteen and brought it up, brought it back. And so there was a lot of Americana going on in yeah. my house. Yeah. Um, you know, for everything from kind of Bruce and. James Taylor yeah. and Crosby, Stills and Nash, all the way to Ry Cuda, yeah. and then a ton of soul music, oh, a ton cool. of soul and Motown, yeah. um, because it was what was big when um, my mom and dad were growing up. But yeah. also, I just loved the sound of that. Yeah. And then, the, you know, it was funny. Kind of, I, I had kind of a reverse experience. I came to bands like Free and the Stones and mm-hmm. the Beatles a little later because I was coming at all of that that American music. Yeah, you know? interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, I would love to queue up if we could a uh, new religion 
And this is off your, uh, I believe, MTA release and the the album Long Time Coming. Is that, do I have that right? Correct. Yeah, Mitre, Mitre Records, um, which stands for Music is the Answer. Yeah. Oh, I and, love it. And it is the answer. So let's cue that up if we could, Waheed. DJ playing what he wants to play. And in this case, playing the brilliant music of Jim Stapley. And I'm going to share a quote. I've been fortunate enough to share the stage with the finest singers in the world. And I'm proud to add Jim Stapley to that list. And that quote comes from Kenny Jones, drummer of Small Faces, Faces, and The Who. So that's pretty darn high praise. And uh, (laughs) it's a great segue. You kind of teed it up earlier in the show, uh, Jim, about the great British rock bands, GBR. And so talk about your mates, talk about that band, that project, and uh, find a bunch of uh, Union Jack flags. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'll I'll start from your setup. Um, I'm really fortunate to um, be one of the two singers um, that sings with Kenny Jones and the Jones Gang back in the UK. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know, that's a, it's kind of a super group that he's been putting on in various different forms over the years, um, playing essentially his own musical history. You know, we play Small Faces, Faces Who, but we also play some Bad Company, um, and we also have played some Procol Harum mm. and a few other things because members of Bad Company and Procol Harum have been in that band at times. Wow. Um, and so... Most recently, before I, uh, I left the UK to move to America, the lineup of the band was myself and a guy called Johnson J, mm-hmm. who is an Australian guitarist and songwriter and singer, mm-hmm. who is a really close friend of mine and was the guitar player in my original band in the UK. In fact, he was playing on that song you just played. Wow. Um, and we both find ourselves in Nashville and we're like, well, how do we continue to play the music that in a lot of ways, we've kind of become a part of now because of playing with Kenny. Sure. Um, And, you know, through Kenny, we've got to perform with some huge people, you know, with Ronnie Wood and Rod Stewart and all of these, uh, you know, legends. And just, Jim, just stop there for just a minute because there may be folks out there, surprisingly, that don't Uh know who the faces or small faces uh, are and, and who made up those bands. And if they don't, they are, uh, they should definitely check it out. But talk yeah. just a little bit about that. Cause that's significant. 
Yeah, right. So the Small Faces was uh, a band, a British band in the who kind of came along in the mid to late sixties. Mm-hmm. Steve Marriott was the front man. Yeah. Um, he just had one of the most amazing voices. Um, I who, oh, by the way, went on to be lead singer Humble Pie for those. When, who might, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Went on to be uh, in Humble Pie. Yeah. And um, so part of that band fell apart. And mm-hmm. in that band was Kenny Jones yeah. and Steve Marriott and Ronnie Lane was playing bass at the time. Yeah. And there was uh, Steve McLagan as well playing uh, keys. Mm-hmm. I think he was in this. Yeah. And then they they went on and, and formed the Faces with Rod Stewart, Stewart fronting the band. And they had <laughs> Ronnie Wood, Jeez. Ronnie Wood, the famous Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones yeah. in that band. And they brought out, I think, four or five or six I think five records they brought out yeah. in a pretty short space of time. Yeah. And they were like the highest grossing touring act of 1975. At the same time, what's crazy is at the same time that uh, the faces were happening, Rod had his solo career yeah, going. Right, right, and right. the faces were playing on all of that too. <laughs> so they were just really busy. Um, oh my God. And so, yeah, those uh, that's kind of the, the history of those bands. Yeah. And, um, you know, having played with Kenny, who yeah. was in those bands, and so many of the other kind of rock luminaries that he is associated mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. Johnson and I, Johnson Jay and I, decided yeah. to continue the celebration of that music yeah. and and put a band together that celebrates not just the music um, through the ages, but also the style yeah. and the kind of attitude. You know, it's kind of a the show we're putting together is kind of a fun show. I love it. Um, but at the at the heart of it, we just want to get away with playing the music we love. And that, you know, <laughs> you that's guys, it. And you guys will be, that band, uh, uh, GBR, will be at yeah. Mad Life? Did I pick that up? Jim? That's correct. Yeah, Mad Life Stage and Studios. Okay. And we're playing on Saturday, May 8th. May 8th. I love it. And so that's Marcos. at 7 p.m. Tickets are still available. I believe that's uh, Mother's Day weekend, in fact. So Is it uh, really? Well, yeah. Y'all get your uh, girlfriend, your mother, your wife, however, get it, get her, get them to Mad Life. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. And, uh, and you've got the Seth Timms on keys and vocals and then Eric Stroud on drum. On his... Eric Stroud on drums, Seth Timms on keys yeah. and Mike Vargo on bass. bass. All amazing yeah. um, Nashville players, great it. guys who are also, I, I, I often joke that they're, they're really, I'm, I'm not English enough for this band because <laughs> they're all such Anglophiles that they, they know more than me. You know, they do the accent better than me, for God's sake. <laughs> what the heck do I have you on the show for? Where are these guys? <laughs> I keep them in a box until they're needed. I see, that's smart, very smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we are going to take a short break to support a sponsor near and dear to my heart, DRS ATL, which is, uh, you know, where we're broadcasting from here in Roswell. And thanks to the support of DRS ATL, we'll come back and uh, the rest of the show will be commercial free. Play more songs of Jim's. Again, we're only playing a couple minutes because we want you guys to go out and see him live. Number one, that's first and foremost. And then at the gig, buy some of the CDs. And then if, uh, if not in advance or both, buy some of the CDs in advance jimstapley.com because you all know the musicians have not been gigging and uh, that's where the money is. They're not making any money off your Spotify plays, y'all. So don't kid yourself (laughs) about that. So we're going to be right back, take a short break and then come back and play some more great music from Jim Stapley. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. Jim Stapley offers the audience his heart and his soul. It's music that makes the hair stand on the back of your neck and stand on end. That's a quote from Get Ready to Rock UK. And you all in the South, you're going to get ready to rock out with the great British rock band. Great British rock band. At Mad Life (laughs) on the 
9th of at May 8th. May 8th. Yes, yeah, sat- Saturday, May 8th. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, I just, you know, just uh, totally cool. And, and talk about, kind of um, referenced it right before the break, mm-hmm. you know, what the world has been like for a gigging musician like yourself um, the last year and how you've dealt with it, reinvented yourself, you know, what, what are the, the, the coping kind of mechanisms you've used to stay yeah. sane? Um, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You're in a good place in Nashville. Get some of that right? Jack Daniels. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been a really strange ride. I mean, for me and like everybody else, um, yeah, I think I played my last show. Um, I've been been playing recently, but it's just been vastly interrupted in the right. first lockdown in, in kind of April, really just nailed the coffin shut. Um, so it's been a strange ride, man. I, I, I tried to keep productive and do yeah. some writing. And, um, you know, it's funny because we were um, living with family at the same time as because our, our move was interrupted. We were supposed to arrive in Nashville about a year ago. And all of our stuff went into storage. Um, and so we were living with family. And so I tried to write where I could and mm-hmm. played uh, some of the Facebook live shows that you saw a lot of people doing. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that that was a really heartwarming experience mm-hmm. um, because I think people realized how hard musicians had it and the the level of generosity from people through tipping and sharing the sharing the link and getting other people involved to watch was just amazing. And I really hope that continues as things open up, you know. Um, so that was definitely one of the things that I managed to 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 do. And then as the first lockdown came to an end, I got back in the studio and we started working on working on this new record and kind of I was able to play out as and where restrictions relaxed enough that sure. people could have live music but you know here in Nashville it's starting to open up again definitely on Broadway but some other people are being a little um more cautious mm-hmm. and it's just kind of it's no way near back to where it, it it was and I think it's still going to take a long time I know some of the bigger shows are are being pushed back to 2021 just cuz they don't see us uh being able to fit 10, 15,000 people in anywhere yeah, safely right, yet, right, you know? Right. Well, there's an article I read not too long ago, uh, August of 2020, talking about the Nashville, the title was Nashville Live Music Industry on the Brink of Calamity. Um, yeah. You know, ask government for some help. And in the article, one of the proprietors <clears throat> of one of the, the gigging, you know, um, I think it was, in fact, it was um, uh, the in and out maybe, uh, pub up there in yeah. in Nashville, you know, said it, it, we can't reinvent ourselves like a restaurant <clears throat> that can do takeout yeah. and that sort of thing, because we have limited space and we, you know, we, we thrive on packing people in <laughs> and yeah, having that, thing. having that energy that causes uh, old English pubs to tell you not to play anymore. Cause you're, you know, breaking exactly. the rafters kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's kind of crazy. And, and so it's, it, it's important for, you know, the listeners who aren't spending the money going to the gigs like we used to, to, mm-hmm. you know, support the artists via purchasing, purchasing the music, uh, you know, from the artists. Cause I, as I understand it, that's where you make the most money, right. As opposed to the point. Yeah. So yeah, I have cents. a, yeah, I have a direct purchase, you know, you can even do it by track on my website. Yeah. Um, and that definitely helps, but also, yeah. you know, the biggest thing, tell your friends, right. like if you like it, share it, you know, let other people know, Hey, I found this artist. I think you might like him too. You know, the word of mouth thing. And, and just, so when we get to the point where we can regularly do these shows, like the the ones we've got, I've got coming up in Georgia, um, that, you know, people know about it and, you know, okay, we've, we've got through that kind of down period. Mm -hmm. Now let's really help all the artists out there, you know, um, make a kind of claw back as much as they can, both through the, the album, you know, yeah. the physical sales and the album sales, but also, you know, shot to the shows and support mm-hmm. them. And, you know, we, we get into this, you know, for two things, the artistic endeavor, but yeah. also the performance. And yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, the people being shoulder to shoulder, just having a great time, 
in front, you know, uh, when someone's also having a great time on stage, stage on stage, yeah. there's, that collective there's, there's energy an, exchange. Yeah, really, there's an exchange there mm, that we're, we're all missing, yeah, you know. Right, and so right. I think it would just be so great for people to, um, you know, you know, if you've never heard of me before, and you know, I post about a lot of my my friends too. If you you know, follow my social media and that sort of stuff. Just just share it with other yeah. people. Get the word out. You know, that's the biggest thing. I love it. Well, let's queue up uh, Laid to Waste if we could, oh, yeah. Wahid, and play a couple minutes of that. Well, Peekable are going out and buying the actual CD from the website, jimstapley.com. To what's left of me I'm blowing through the memories Shaking through my sleep Over the tones Burning through the misery Promises made Shake the dirt under my feet Well she said it would happen this way And I believed it anyway DJ playing some just killer music from Jim Stapley. Jim cuts through the noise, leaving his listeners feeling empowered, restored, and ready for the tribulations of another day. And I believe that just may be a quote from the amazing Lucy Pillar, but I may have that wrong. Lucy will correct <laughs> me if I've got it wrong. <laughs> so Jim, talk, you referenced uh, when you kicked off, Don't Kick Me Out Tonight, that that was mm -hmm. going to be off uh, either an album or an EP. Talk about... Yeah you know, the way the music industry has changed, the way people purchase music and your right. thoughts on, you know, releasing an album versus an EP versus a single or all of the above, or, you know, a, a, yeah. some combination and how you, you know, what, what your, how it affects your creative process, et cetera. Um, I try and let it affect it as little as possible. Yeah. I think um, there is a, you know, first and foremost, I, I know that this is the music business. Mm. And so you have to consider, okay, I'm not just making a vanity project here. This yeah. is something that I want to be able to sell to people. Mm. But outside of that, I, I really just try and get into the creative mindset and try and make the, the music as good as I am able to in that period of time. Um, and the change in the music industry has been really interesting. You know, People are still making records. Right. And not only that, people are buying vinyl again, mm -hmm. which is super exciting. Yeah. So for me, it, vinyl is a really awesome listening experience. It's not that kind of like, okay, I'm going to skip this track. Right. Oh, I don't really like this track. It's, right. it's way more engaged. Yeah. You have to pay attention. You need to flip that record, mm -hmm. you know? And there, it, there's a tactile thing that happens yeah. that I think is 
still something that people crave. Well, and you get liner notes for crying out loud. Yeah, so you, you know exactly. who's playing on what and where it was recorded and all the rest of that. Right. You know, like how do you get into producers without liner notes? How do you get into, right. oh, I like what this producer's right. doing because he's done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Well, um, back in the day when I was in college, if we didn't have a double album, we wouldn't have been able to clean our dirt weed coming out of Mexico. yeah man it's um it's just one of those things that i i think this is twofold i I think because i've not achieved heady heights yet i've not had to consider it as much to me it's just all right i want to make the best body of work i can make right now and then if I'm really happy with it and we get the right partner for this this new venture we're working on, this record or EP, and they have an idea of how they want to market it, as long as I'm happy with the material, then cool. Like, oh, you think that that's the strength? If, that, if a certain company thinks that the strength lies in certain three songs or certain five songs, yeah. that's okay because I like them all. You know, I feel really good about what I threw down to begin with. Right. So... Like personally, that's how I kind of I manage it. Um, I I think uh, people have uh, there was definitely kind of a backlash towards you know the the I know I heard a couple of interviews with Jimmy Iovine talking about you know just ending the album for good you know EPs or four tracks or singles are going to be the only way and it really has been that way for a while. Mm -hmm. But I think there's I think there's still demand for a larger body of work and let's face it as an original artist. I'm not trying to get 100% of people to buy it. I need yeah. like 0.1% yeah. of people to be into what I'm doing. And yeah. guess what? I can make another record. Yeah. Right, so right. I, I, think, I think it's okay. You know, I, I think after COVID, the music industry is going to be different. Yeah. There's not going to be big shows for a while. Mm-hmm. And yet there's going to be a hunger for music and live performance Absolutely. and recorded music. So, you know, I'm pretty hopeful um, of, of how things are going to shake I out. I love it. Well, let's queue up. Uh, you, you're not on the wrong side of the river. You were on the right <laughs> side with that hope. Let's queue up the wrong side of the river. Uh, and this is a, a, a song you did with the Skinny Machines and independently yeah. released. And then we'll talk about uh, the Skinny Machines when we get back after All right. a couple minutes of this song. the skinny machines is that ricky glover edward carnes and dan roth did i have do i have that right uh so yeah that's so ricky glover was playing guitar on that specific recording 
Edward Cairns was a co-writer on the song, okay. but he wasn't playing bass. Mike Woodhouse was playing bass. Okay. And then Dan Roth on drums. I love it. Yeah. That is too, too cool. And that project, what, what kind of time frame? So I got out of my record deal with Ironworks Records, which is Kiefer Sutherland and Jude Cold's Uh, record label, or was. Um, And that would have been about 2011. And so then I joined that band and was in their band. We did two or three tours, like all the way around Europe. And that EP we recorded on the road. You know, like there's there's a couple of really funny tour videos that we put online and, you know, we're all kind of waiting to go on stage and our yeah. sound engineer, Rob, was also mastering the record on his headphones like 15 minutes before we were going on stage. It was kind of super, sol- you know, a real DIY job. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and then um, uh, we finished that record at Dean Street Studio in, in, in London um, and Jasmine Lee, who is actually Alvin Lee's daughter from 10 years after. Oh my God. Um, owned that studio and she was managing me at the time. Coming home, and a soundtrack to my uh, uh, high school years. Uh, oh man, yeah. I, I play that over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's killer. It's killer. Just a killer. And yeah, yeah, so they own a studio called Dean Street Studios and we uh-huh. finished it there. She was just amazing and uh-huh. basically gave us the, the studio time wow. because she believed in the project. Yeah. And yeah, it was a fun time, but then I got another record deal and... Uh, and moved on. Yeah, moved on. <laughs> well, see, we got to segue back up, way back to the top of the yeah. show. You were talking yeah. about living with uh, family, and I, and I believe, if I have memory serves me right, on our run up to the show conversation, you were living in Wisconsin. Is that? Yeah, I was staying in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, yeah. Wisconsin, which is my hometown, and you got up to a, a place that is near and dear to my heart. And talk about your trip up to Washington Island, Bailey's Harbor, and the connection that we have with Angostura bitters. (laughs) (laughs) So I have been up there to the Door County region. You know, it's a national park right up there. Yeah, And uh, I've been up there camping a few times. Um, It's beautiful up there. And yeah, yeah, we go up. uh, We've been up there a couple of times, a couple of years in a row for my um, mother-in-law's birthday. Yeah. And, but it's really special to me personally, because yeah. it's also where I got engaged to my wife, yeah. Kerry. Yeah. I dropped, I did the whole one knee thing in Bailey's Harbor <laughs> Bailey's at the end Harbor. of the pier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the reason that was you it and sunset? I have... Was this, it sunset? Were you... Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think it was kind of a, it wasn't even a sunny day, Okay, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like we had these plans of kind of going over there. They've got those kind of glass bottom canoes you can rent out. We we had this whole plan and we got over there and it was too windy and we just ended up (laughs) watching England got knocked out of the world cup the same day. And then I figured, well, I can, I can improve this day by getting engaged, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Perfect. I love it. I love it. Yeah. But, uh, the, the reason you and I have, uh, something in common is that, uh, there's a bar up there that um, are really into just doing straight shots of Angostura bitters. Yeah, on Washington uh, Island, which is... On so, Washington Island, For those right. of you that haven't been up there, they call Door County the uh, the Cape Cod of the Midwest. And uh, <laughs> it's a man-made peninsula. And then Washington Island, you take a ferry over to. And the bar is the bitter end. And then Jim picks it up right. from there. Yeah, so you go into the bitter end and you'll see all these... Um, there's a couple of things that I noticed. There's uh, dollar bills. They have a very specific way of putting dollar bills on the ceiling, which I could not master. Yeah. And you 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 wrap a you wrap a dollar bill in a quarter, right? And then you just fling it up to the ceiling. Hope you don't smash anything and that it sticks. Which you know, when you walk into a bar with that level of chaos as their kind of first thing, I'm like, okay, I'm in the right place. This yeah. is where I feel. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, they have this book that you sign mm-hmm. and you. You you rub your finger in Angostura bitters, yeah. having done a shot, shot. of Angostura bitters. Yeah. Which, if yeah. people don't know what that is, it was an old tincture. Yeah, you know, it was a, yeah. a for medicinal stomach thing. Ache. Yeah, for stomach. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like a digestive. Like um, all the way back to 1830 or some crazy. A doctor started in right in uh, Venezuela, I believe. Oh, is it really? No it way. Started there, and then uh, over they produced it in Trinidad, uh, Port of Spain, Trinidad, I believe. Oh, cool. But kind of. So anyway, you do a shot of it, yeah. and it burns a little. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, and then it gives you kind of a buzz. Yeah, you know, you kind of because it does have like, a little bit of alcohol content in it. Oh, uh, it's got like forty percent alcohol in it. <laughs> 
It's pretty high. It's good. Yeah, to, I felt kind of yeah. It felt kind of high after doing it. Yeah. It was good. I it's enjoyed it. A good it. way and, to spice up, uh, you know, you, your uh, tonics or your uh, absolutely uh, Manhattan's, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. uh, for those of you that uh, haven't been up to Door County in uh, the Washington Island, you want to check it out. And uh, but I want to come back now because we're almost running. Yeah. We're running out of time. It's just flying by. But got to cue up this song. <laughs> This ain't living, which is not oh, true yeah. about being up in Dork County, because being up in Dork County is living. But this song is This Ain't Living. It's unreleased, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Cool. Well, I guess those bitters are kicking in, Jim. <laughs> you are back on Ride the Vibe with Michael Lydon. This Ain't Living. Talk about that song, uh, Unreleased, and, and what uh, yeah. the future may be for that one. Great. So that comes from a, a session. Um, there's a there's an EP online called Love is Surrender yeah, that, yeah. that came out um, through Ironworks Records, which yeah. was owned by Kiefer and Jude. And, um, that was, we, we recorded a full record, but, uh, an, an EP is all that ended up coming out of it. And that's just one of the songs that, um, I always felt should have been included. Yeah. Um, and I played it a lot live, um, opened for Lifehouse a few times and played it in front of some big crowds and yeah. played it with my band in the UK a ton. And, you know, the song is, I wrote that idea down when I was working in a cubicle in an office ah. and I had a cubicle, I was one of the lucky ones. I had a cubicle next to the window <laughs> so, and we were on the second floor. So oh, that's boy. real, uh, some real heady stuff there. Yeah. And I was just, you know, that's kind of indicative of my level of success at that point. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was just kind of hating the job and <laughs> just feeling really kind of bad about everything. I was like, this ain't, this isn't what living. So you were, me, you know? were writing the music on their dime. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, they will hardly pay me a dime. <laughs> and we won't name them, even though I am the last exactly. DJ, we can call them out, but <laughs> yeah, no. Will it, yeah, uh, so, is, is it, yeah. Does it have a future on a, for, uh, I think it could do at some point. I would like to see it come out. I'd yeah. have to speak to Jude about it and yeah. um, see if it was something he wanted to do. But right. I, I, you know, I've got so much back catalog that yeah. you know I, I've got two two recorded three recorded things out there mm. and about a hundred and fifty songs that have never seen the light of day oh, because my of. Lord. So the back catalog is is kind of extensive, and that's yeah. just what got re properly recorded. Mm -hmm. You know, that's never mind any of the the stuff that hasn't been. Yeah. So I I think at, at some point if it, 
if I get to the point where people will be interested in seeing kind of the, I don't know, the equivalent of the origin story, yeah. um, I think that would be a, a fun thing to do as like a, uh, I don't know, a box set type yeah, of deal project. or something down the line. I love it. Um, I would well, love to bring that stuff out, you know? Well, you have teed it up brilliantly. You're going to take over my job talking about your uh, album, Love is Surrender, uh, uh, Ironworks record, Kiefer Sutherland yeah. and Jude. And so we're going to finish up the show playing a couple, just a couple minutes of Somewhere off of that album. Oh, yeah. And we'll be right back. It was right behind my eyes The tears I held inside And I knew it wasn't much On a night Still I tried To find something that I knew Or remembered that was true changes in you and the hurt in me Somewhere I know you're in there somewhere And if you're moving on Don't tell me that I'm wrong To show you that I still DJ playing Jim Stapley's great music, and you can find him at triple W's jimstapley.com. Oh, love that. And we're, Jim, we're almost out of time, but I'd love yeah. to circle back. It's just flown by and great music and great conversation. And want to uh, segue because we referenced him, uh, Dave Bucket Crawwell, and uh, just some of the work you did with him and singing on his release, etc. Yeah, so uh, Dave Colwell is the uh, former Bad Company guitar player, and play. I played with him for years in the Jones Gang with Kenny Jones, and uh, he gave me a shout and wondered if I might be able to lend some vocals to his record. And uh, turns out the bass player from my band at the time played on the record, and Molly Marriott, my good friend, um, and Steve Marriott's daughter, play uh, was singing on the record, and I said, "Sure, why not?" and um, yeah, I think he ended up singing all but two on the record. And then we went out to Sweden Rock and did a big launch gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, went down really well. Um, and I think um, he is like really close to being ready to cut a new record too. I I, he's, he's already called me about it. I know there's one in the works, but I don't really have uh, too much in the in, in, uh, involvement in the, uh, the writing of the material. Yeah. Although I've sent him a couple of ideas. That's purely a vocal and guitar gig for me, which is kind of nice. The pressure's I, off, you know? I love it. So I, I said, that, you know, in the run-up to the show, I promised you no gotcha questions, but I, I just, <laughs> I have to ask just kind of, kind of a quasi one. I couldn't sure. get it out of Dave what the bucket part was. So I, I don't know. Is that something you care to share? Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, no, that's you know, all right. I can sense Well, him. the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> I've asked him the same thing and he gives me the same shady, shady answer. Yeah, like okay, nobody right. really, it's one of those things that evolved. 
and is now. It's like it yeah. never wasn't, you know? Yeah. It's like etched in stone somewhere from the Middle Ages. <laughs> Thou shalt mystique. be called Bucket. Yeah, so if he, yeah. if he shared it, it might be anticlimactic. It would be... Well, exactly. Been, <laughs> no, he's, he's, been, he's been smart to place cards yeah. close, close to his chest. Yes, Bless I'd him. Love, you don't want to yeah. play poker with him for sure. God, no. <laughs> yeah, just Mainly like, because it'd have a spare <laughs> deck of cards under the table. Just like they say about... Uh, uh, buddy guy you don't want to be on stage with him he'll steal your guitar kind of thing you know, exactly yeah. well, we are it, the time has just flown by so definitely check out triple w's jimstapley.com that's s-t-a-p-l-e-y and all yep. you in the south will be able to find out where he is performing he's got lots of shows coming up lots of venues and want to come out and see him jim it's just been a, a ton of fun and we'll look forward to meeting you when you come on down to georgia yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, make sure you check out that May the 8th gig, yeah. GBR band. Yeah. That British rock band is coming on May 8th. I love it. Lots of British, uh, lots of Union Jack flags flying. Oh, so many. <laughs> so many. I love it. We are out of here. Ride the vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play, saying what he wants to say. Better get her done, son, because the Better late than never, here's my thanks to every place my song on the radio.